the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Monday, August the 17th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today, on August 17, 2017, a man plowed into a bunch of pedestrians along a packed promenade in the Spanish city of Barcelona, killed 13 of them, made international news that went around the world. 120 were injured. He didn't like them. They were celebrating a holiday. He wanted to disrupt it. Today, in 1960, the newly renamed music group called the Silver Beatles. They changed their name to just the Beatles. And they began their first concert in a Hamburg, West Germany nightclub. Today, in 1969, Hurricane Camille slammed into the Mississippi coast. It was a Category 5 storm. Killed 256 people in America, in the United States, three in Cuba. Today, in 1978, three Americans completed the first successful transatlantic balloon flight. Boy, I don't know. I don't think I would have wanted to uh, succeed in that in that venture, but they did. Today, in 1982, I wouldn't have wanted to do it for the sake of success. Today, in 1982, the first commercially produced compact disc CD is a recording of ABBA's The Visitors that was pressed in a Philips factory in West Germany. Now the now the CD is almost outdated. Everything is online, just electronic. Does it make you nervous when things keep changing all the time? If it does, that means that you're over 40. That begins to bother people that are a little older sometimes. Today, in 1987, Rudolf Hess, the last member of Adolf Hitler's inner circle, he died at Spandau Prison. He was 93 years old. They said his death was caused by suicide. They found him hanging in his cell. Others said it wasn't suicide. It was murder, but they didn't know who did it. Today, in 1998, President Bill Clinton gave the grand jury testimony via closed-circuit television. You'll probably remember that from the White House. It was concerning his relationship with Monica Lewinsky. He said, yes, he did have an inappropriate relationship with her. Then he delivered a TV address right after that in which he denied previously committing perjury. He admitted his relationship with Lewinsky was wrong but he mostly criticized Ken Starr's investigation. He said he didn't do it right, just wasn't handled right, it wasn't fair. And that's the world we live in today and some of the things that happened in our world yesterday. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 24, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words shall not pass away. We hear a lot of words today. We're hearing... We'll be, be hearing a lot of words this week as the Democrats begin their unusual convention. It's all viral. It's on just on television. 
Republicans will be doing their convention next week. I was thinking of the words of Isaiah chapter 40. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our Lord shall stand forever. We're going to be hearing a lot of words this week. A lot of words from people who are highly politically motivated. And for the most part, many of them, if not most of them, this week particularly, will be talking about things that they perhaps don't really believe in, but they feel that's the best angle they can take to win an election that is just a mere few weeks out there now, November 3rd. The Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 56, Blessed be the Lord that giveth rest unto his people of Israel. According to all that he promised, there hath not failed one word of all his good promise. In the noise and the din of what's going on in our culture, and always is, but it's going to be heightened this week in particular, keep in mind that it is God and God alone that has never made a promise that he didn't keep. And we walk in his presence, not in the presence of the world in which we live. We are in the world. We are not of the world. That's why Proverbs chapter 4 says, My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear into my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Let them in the midst of thy heart, for they are life unto those that find them in health to all their flesh. Paul knew all this. The Apostle Paul, he wrote about it, talked about it, preached about it, often quoted the prophets. That's why he wrote in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If you don't remember anything else I say today, remember this. God is for us. God is for you. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ and if he lives in your heart, you are born again, transformed. What shall we say? If God be for us, who can be against us? Keep that in mind. Let's talk about words today. A lot of words are coming out. Yesterday on Fox News, Mark Levine, he's a radio host, conservative radio host. I'm sure you know who he is or have heard of him. He's an attorney. He went through the record of Kamala Harris that the press isn't, they're not reporting. Mark Levine said yesterday on his TV show on Fox, he said, she is further left than 97% of the Democrats in the United States Senate. She is left of avowed Marxist, Democrat, Socialist, Bernie Sanders. She is not moderate. She is not uh, not a pragmatist like the New York Times and others are trying to tell you. She should decriminalize illegal immigration. She rejects a physical wall of the um, at the southern border. He said she uh, compared the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Service, ICE, the men and women in federal law enforcement who, once people come here illegal and commit crimes and other things, they try to get them and deport them. She compared them to the Ku Klux Klan. Levine says she believes in government-run health care for illegal aliens. Imagine what that would do to our health care. 
She believes in the elimination of private health care. Many of you have private health care. Many of you have private health care through your employee, employer or your union. That means, Levine said, that means 160 million people would lose their health care. And it goes on and on and on. He says, Congressman, she is a co-sponsor with AOC, the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, of the Green New Deal. What is the Green New Deal? Levine says, to put it simply, it's a socialist attack on capitalism. It would affect everything from automobiles and homes, heating, air conditioning, the kind of paint you use, everything the federal government would regulate. In other words, it's a war on capitalism. Well, you get the point, and I think many of you listening today would would um, agree. He's right. It's all of that. But yet the media is trying to cast her as a very different person. Very different. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, and that would be a woman as well, mankind, so is he. What that has to do with outward actions can be deceiving. But a person's heart determines what a person is really like. It talks about in context, in Proverbs, begrudging hospitality is not really hospitable and it may mask selfishness in the heart. If you suspect that someone's generosity is not genuine, then you have cause for concern. In other words, it is a form of judging. It's a form of evaluating a person. And if you read that verse, particularly in context, that's exactly what it means. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. The second half of that verse says, eat and drink, saith to thee, but his heart is not with thee. In other words, when the person says, sit down with me and let's have dinner, I, I want to bless you and give you a wonderful dinner. If there's something about it that that person is, you sense that that person is not thinking what he's doing, but he actually believes something else, then excuse yourself and leave. That's basically what God's word is saying. I'm not suggesting that we leave the process in America, what we call the political process, but I am suggesting strongly that we be very, very discerning in the times in which we live. We're starting now on the on the takeoff of who's going to run this country the next four years, starting in January of 2021. And if Joe Biden is elected, let me be very clear. He will not be running this country. Kamala Harris and the far extreme left will be running the country. She is more interested in being the first woman and the first multiracial woman and all that in the, in the Oval Office as Vice President. Joe Biden, by all accounts, probably will not be able to finish his first term if he is elected. I think Joe Biden wants to be president. He wants to be listed among those 46, it would be, presidents. He wants his picture on the wall, and that's fine. Everybody's motivated to accomplish certain things in their lives, hopefully. But that's what he's after. What she's after is control. And she will be running the country in concert with the Obamas, with whom she has a long relationship, way back long before Obama became president. So that's what we're looking at today. And that's what 
all of us should be concerned about. Over the weekend, speaking of words rather than beliefs, hypocrisy is what it's called. Over the weekend, Kamala, as she likes to be called, I thought it was Kamala, but it's not. It's Kamala. And they've made a big deal out of that. It's very, very important that she's correctly addressed. Other than that, she hasn't said much, except over the weekend she was on a television show, a comedy talk show late night. That's about all she's done on television. In fact, it is the only appearance she's made since she was named as the presumptive, she'll be confirmed, vice presidential candidate. She said over the weekend to Stephen Colbert on CBS, she said, he asked her, he really grilled her, and I'll come back to that in a moment. He said, you, you said some pretty nasty things to Joe Biden during the primary election. Well, she did. She got a lot of a lot of news, a lot of coverage on it. He said, you and he seem to be pals now. He said, how does that work? He said, didn't you believe what you were saying? Or what? what's the deal on that? She laughed and laughed. And she said, oh, she said, that was just, just a debate. I'll come back to that in a moment because I think she's telling the truth. It was just a debate. Long ago in a faraway place, 1974, Joe Biden, he decided a better political choice would be to side with the white folks who didn't want their kids bust into black schools, nor did they want the black kids bust into white schools. Presidential candidate Kamala, Kamala Harris, she'd read about Biden's position on the matter. She was a little girl then. And she confronted the presidential candidate Joe Biden in the primary. It was July this last year. She was relentless to the point of confusing and angry. She triggered Biden. He went off. I, I saw it. I happened to be watching. Didn't watch a lot of the debates. I just, I mean, <laughs> I couldn't handle the, uh, who, who needs it. But anyway, I was watching that part. I just happened to see that live when it happened. And Joe Biden just, he was so angered and he just lost it. And he, he got very stiff and, and he lost his train of thinking two or three times. But he got around to saying what he was really feeling. But she was relentless. To the point he was confused and angered. Anti-Biden Democrats praised her afterwards. But now as the newly minted Biden running mate, Harris laughs. She laughs. She said it was just a debate. I didn't mean a word of it. Secular progressivism. I think it's a mental illness. I really do. And I think it was Levine or somebody wrote a book on progressivism or far left is a mental disease. It is. It really is. The evolution of Joe Biden is proof of that, but these current events are even more proof. And we need to be very, very informed and very discerning and vigilant. Politico is a, if anything, left-leaning, not conservative uh, news publication. They wrote the other day, last week, I think it was Thursday, in the summer of 1974, the freshman senator Joe Biden found himself under siege from white suburbanites at a meeting just south of Wilmington, Delaware. The possibility that their children would be bused into black schools in the city and that black children would be bused to their schools and had sent a shockwave of consternation through the white community. Politico notes that for two hours, Biden paced the floor in the auditorium because he wasn't sure what he believed on that. He wasn't. 
He didn't know what he believed on the issue. He, he wasn't prepared. He hadn't thought about it. So he looked into his own heart, and he didn't know. He didn't know whether that was right or wrong. Finally, finally, Politico says he decided to go with the white people. He went to Washington, D.C., won the election. He spent his pretty much his whole adult life working as a so-called public servant. He worked for the first four years pushing legislation to thwart the implementation of busing around the country. In a Democrat presidential debate, which I just mentioned, Harris took on presidential candidate Biden because he supported segregation and the fact that he worked with segregationalists in Congress. Biden had worked with and supported a major sponsored by Senator Robert Byrd. He's a former Ku Klux Klansman, he was, who had actually filibustered to try to kill the 1964 Civil Rights Bill. It was a vicious attack, the kind that Harris will now be aiming at President Trump and Vice President Pence. She told Biden, hear her, her words, she said, it was hurtful for me to hear about the reputations of two U.S. senators who built their reputations and careers on the segregation of race in this country. And it was not only that, but you worked with them to oppose busing. So Biden reacted. As I said a moment ago, he, he was very angry. He lost it. He said, I, he was yelling, I did not oppose busing in America. What I opposed is busing ordered by the Department of Education. That's what I oppose. Slapping his hand down on the podium in front of the television audience. Well, <laughs> dear Joe, <laughs> memo. Actually, he didn't oppose busting, uh, busing mandated by the Department of Education in the mid-1970s because the Department of Education was not even created until 1979. It didn't get really in operational mode until the early 80s. Was that a lie or is he just uninformed? God knows. But it's not the truth. Politico also notes in their story that Biden opposed busing broadly, not just in a narrow sense. It couldn't have had, I mean, first of all, the Department of Education didn't exist then, so he certainly wasn't responding to anything they had done. But he also wasn't a very narrow decision that Biden made. It was a very broad decision. So Biden has evolved. Okay. Who knows what he really believes on the issue or any other issue? Because to his and all the progressives, values are based on political calculation, first and foremost. Politicians learn to be politicians. But those who embrace the, the progressive, secular, left worldview, they never really hold to promises because they don't hold to values. What they once believed, they no longer believe. Everything is in flux and change. But Harris takes the cake. She evolves really fast, faster than Bill Clinton did. Bill Clinton and Al Gore had written letters earlier in their, in their political careers that they did not believe in abortion. They believed in pro-life. I have copies of both letters in my files somewhere. Well, that certainly wasn't what they became when they came into power. They evolved. That's always the explanation. Well, I evolved. I'm not suggesting that people should never change their minds. I mean, as we learn and are exposed to more light or truth, it changes us and it changes our minds. But this is a basic component of a secular, progressive worldview. Keep in mind that during the debate, Harris 
said that she and Biden could not be further apart. Those those are her words. I'm quoting on the issue. She said she personally benefited from the policies that Biden opposed, calling Biden's actions very, very hurtful. She went on to tell her sort of famous little story now. It was not only that, I'm quoting her in the debate with Biden. It was not only that, but you also worked with them to oppose busing. That was a... There was a little girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public schools, and she was bused to school every day. That little girl was me, she said, Kamala said, in the debates. So I will tell you that on this subject, it cannot be an intellectual debate. We have to take it seriously. But don't they take everything seriously that affects the nation and everybody else's lives? Not really. The other night she was on CBS Late Show with Stephen Colbert. He asked her how she could be fully supportive of Biden after landing haymakers, those are his words, on him in the early presidential primary debates. He said, and now I believe you that you're fully supportive of him, but he said, how did how did that transition happen? I'm quoting him. These are his words. How do you go from being such a passionate opponent of such bedrock principles for you and now you guys seem to be pals? I was surprised that he asked that question, honestly, but that's what he said. In response, Harris tried to literally laugh it off as just a debate tactic, as if her broadside attacks on Biden were just stagecraft. She did. And it wasn't just a passing comment. He asked her again and again. Harris started laughing and threw her head back. She said, oh, it was just a debate, Stephen. It was just a debate. He was certainly... Colbert's not a not a conservative for sure. He's one of them. But he pressed it a little more. It obviously was bothering him personally. He said not not everyone landed punches though like you did. He said you really got him upset and really knocked him for a loop in the press. She started laughing again and threw her head back. She said, Stephen, it was a debate. There were journalists covering the debate. It's called a debate. Colbert looked at her and he said, so you don't mean it. That's the great divide between progressives and Christian conservatives. It's not political. It's the difference in one's worldview. It plays out in politics. But the difference touches every aspect of the individual. Because as a person thinks in their heart, so they become. So they are. That's a reflection of what we what we believe is a reflection of what we do, even when we're doing things to purposely mislead other people. And that's what that verse is about in context. There's at least four fundamental differences between a progressive and a Christian conservative. I'd like to talk a little bit about that this morning. Just bear with me. I'm not going to get deep into the weeds with a lot of detail. I don't have enough time to do that, but I'm not inclined to do that. But let me give you just four examples or four takeaways, four things to think about, because you're going to be hearing this. It's going to be in the news. We can turn it off, but it's just pervasive. It's everywhere. And they're going to be giving their speeches. Keep in mind that if Joe Biden is elected, Kamala Harris will be running the country in tandem with Oprah and Brock and Michelle and that whole group. Honest, they will. And everybody knows it. Joe Biden is not capable of really serving as president. And I say that with some sense of compassion. 
really, because we all get there at some point. He's there. He should not be the president of the United States. Forget the politics. He just isn't up for it. He really isn't. That's why they keep him in that bunker in the basement. I mean, where have you seen him in any kind of freestyle interaction with the press? It's all it's all highly structured. It's highly edited for the most part because he just simply can't stay on the rails. And he gets off, he gets angry over little things and he kind of blows up in front of the camera and I mean it's it, it it's kind of pathetic. But they don't care. The left doesn't care because it's more important to get rid of Trump or anyone else that would stand for the same principles. Principles that are fixed, values that are fixed. They'll do whatever it takes to take control of this country. And that's what this is really all about. It has little to do with politics, except that politics is the way we do business in America. It has to do with what people think in their hearts. Conservatives and progressives have different views about individuals and communities. Conservatives ask, what can I do for myself, my my family, my community, my fellow citizens? There is a kind of an outward expression among conservatives. Progressives are consumed with what is unfair. This is unfair. This isn't equitable. This isn't equality as it should be. What am I owed? What has offended me today? What can my country do for me? To quote one of their own, John F. Kennedy, in reverse, the traditional American ethic of achievement gives way to the progressive ethic of aggrievement. That's the way it works for the progressive. As opposed to a variety of individuals making up one American community, progressives seek to place individuals in a variety of competing communities. The first creates unity. The second, identity politics, creates chaos. And that's where progressives want to be most of the time, in chaos, because they can control better than if things are peaceful and orderly. Secondly, conservatives and progressives have different views about diversity and choice. For progressives, different ethnicities and gender identities are welcome, but a variety of opinion and ideas are not. Lockstep, there's only one way of belief with the progressive. They may say otherwise, but it's not true. It's their way or no way. When it comes to choice, progressives love the word choice, but they don't want to apply it. Women who choose not to have an abortion are often scorned and scoffed and mocked, really, by the left, who say they're for choice. You know what you hear. You hear it. You know how that works. Conservatives take a different approach. Parents, not the zip code they live in, should choose the school for what's best for their child. And on and on it goes through all aspects of our life. Thirdly, conservatives and progressives have live in a different view, a different way of looking at we the people in America. Whether it's the Second Amendment, immigration, abortion, if, if we the people don't pass laws progressives approve, then they turn to the judges, executive orders, government bureaucrats behind closed doors to overturn the will of the voters. It's happened incessantly over the last 20, 30 years. To sum it up, conservatives believe in individual rights, not special rights. Conservatives believe in allowing Texas to be Texas and Washington State to be Washington State or whatever. Conservatives believe that we the people can vote with our feet 
And they believe that we can make choices of how we want to live and where we want to live, and the government should stay out of the way. And finally, progressives have no fixed values. Progressive core beliefs and values are based on changing, evolving beliefs. We'll keep all that in mind. We'll continue tomorrow.